one of the key ones was the managing director of the franchise actually actually told me that he was making more money when he owned a single shop than he was from you know the entire franchise. Franchisee Connect episode four. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire, and you're listening to the podcast that helps retailers delegate, automate, and ultimately liberate themselves from their business. Subscribe to get all the actions and insights at FranchiseeConnect.com. Hey, Franchisee Nation. This interview with Stuart Sinclair ran a little long, so I've split it into two 20-minute parts. The first part's about Stuart's journey in franchising, and the second part's all about his learnings and his advice for new and aspiring franchisees. So look up both parts. I'm sure you'll enjoy. As always, if you've got any feedback for me, jump onto franchiseeconnect.com and hit up the contact form. It goes straight to my email inbox. Welcome to the Franchisee Connect podcast. I've got Stuart Sinclair on today. I have to humbly apologize for the audio quality in this recording. It's not the best. I think it's got something to do with my internet at home. But anyways, I don't think it affects the audio too much. If you hate it, turn it off, jump to the next episode. But keep in mind, Stuart has some really awesome takeaways for Franchisee Nation. So stay tuned, enjoy the podcast, and I'll catch you on the other side. Hi, Stuart. What's up, mate? Welcome to the Franchisee Connect podcast. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Awesome, mate. Going really, really well. So excited to have you on and, and share your drop some knowledge bombs on our franchisee nation. Well, mate, it's my pleasure. Thank you for inviting me, by the way. No worries. Oh, good. So uh, for everybody listening out there, Stuart's a area support manager. Uh, he was managing five stores in Sydney. He's since moved up to Brisbane with another group and is managing two stores. Uh, so Stuart, tell me a little bit about your biz. Okay. So um, mainly, mainly work in um, hospitality. Um, my whole my whole career is based in hospitality. I started pretty young, but uh, currently we have a um, traditional Vietnamese restaurant, uh, mainly specialising in uh, healthy soups and salads, uh, with the focus being uh, mainly on getting food out relatively quickly, um, and under around the ten dollar price point as well. Fantastic! So it's your traditional, it's your quick service where you come up to the counter, you order, and then you're back out of there in a couple of minutes. That is that is correct. Yeah, we. Um, it's, it takes about three minutes from when somebody actually orders food to when they receive it, um, and there's a lot of a lot of variation as well. So we do rice paper rolls. Um, yeah, it's quite tasty, man. It's really healthy as well, which is good. Fantastic! That sounds awesome. It's a bit of a um, a lifestyle business for us, uh, mainly because we work the social hours of of you know Monday to Friday. Um, and I'm, I'm generally home by four p.m., which is a lot a lot different different to every other type of hospitality that I've ever worked in. I mean, if you work at a, a bar or a restaurant, you know, you're not really likely to get home until the, the late hours in the day. So for us, this was a, a different change in pace as well, um, which is quite good. Um, yeah, that, that's, pretty much our, that's pretty much our business, man. We, we serve the, um, the CBD crowd up in Brisbane, so a lot of people wearing suits and high, high profile, all that good stuff as well. Tell me the story of how you got started in franchising. Oh, franchising, yeah, that's, that's a good one. So uh, straight out of straight out of school for me, uh, I didn't really have an idea of what I wanted to do. I kind of I kind of went with the wind during school and the, the last years. But um, yeah, I got a job at a, a local pizza joint. Uh, it was the only one at that time, and it was the food was phenomenal. It was absolutely phenomenal. But um, yeah, I started out just as part time, doing two or three days a week. You know, get in there, make some pizzas, wash some dishes, all that, all that good stuff. 
Um, and I still didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I just kind of hung on and the, the boss kept offering me more shifts and I kept taking them and I kept taking them. Um, and eventually it got to the point I'd been there for a year and, and he promoted me to the assistant manager. Um, and at, at this point I didn't, at this point I still wanted to find something, but, um, I just kept, I just kept growing and growing and learning more about it. Um, eventually became, became the store manager at about 19, uh, which I did for a while up until he sold the business to start the, the franchise um, headquarters basically. Um, and one of, the condi- one of the conditions when he sold it to the new owner uh, was that I go with him to the franchise, um, which was you know, a big, big step up for me. I've gone from working in one store to actually seeing how a franchise works from, from the inside. And yeah, I did that for a year or two. The main roles and responsibilities there were just helping new franchisees set up their business and, and teach them all the things that have made the first one so successful to begin with. Um, yeah, I did that for about a year or two. I learned, I learned, <laughs> learned a lot of um, <clears throat> sorry, I learned a lot of uh, valuable lessons there as well. Um, one of one of the one of the key ones was the managing director of the franchise actually actually told me that he was making more money. When he owned a single shop, than he was from, you know, the entire franchise, um, and you know, yeah, and it, it was quite a privilege to work with with these people because there was four or five managing directors, and each of them had a unique strength or or, or a talent when it came to to operating a franchise from the inside. Um, you know, one of them was really good at, at marketing. One of them was phenomenal with food. Um, so when all five of them came together, they just had this, they just had this awesome product. Um, but I did that, I did that for about a year or two, set up, um, probably about 10 or 15 shops in, in different States across Australia, uh, which was a lot of fun when I got to explore and stuff like that. That must've been a really fast paced environment. How, what did it feel like setting up uh, 15 stores? It was, mate. There's, there was a lot of challenges because you are dealing with people that are opening up a new franchise and they get uh, three or four weeks training. While in that three or four weeks, they're still building a shop, so their priorities are split. You know, they have to learn how to operate one of these things. They learn they need they need to know the products. You know, they need to they need to hire staff. They need to do all these different things. But at the same time, they're trying to physically build a shop. You know, they're dealing with builders and DAs. So it's quite a it's quite a journey because there's always something happening, and you really there's a lot of stress. There's a lot of moments where you you know you just want to you just want to give up, but a lot of people don't, which is which is a phenomenal thing. And once you actually get it off the ground and you open the doors, there's a whole set of new challenges as well. Um, you know, and these people, you've instantly got ten or twelve people that don't know what they're doing. They've never worked in your shop before, and you're open and trading, and you want to give the best customer service. And there's, it's it's a lot of people running around like headless chickens. It's it's fun to watch. It's painful to be there. That's all I'm going to say. Fun to watch from the outside, but painful to be there at the moment. But that—that's how you grow, right? Is—is is challenging yourself through those through those uh, those times. It is. It is. Um, but yeah, man, that was that was after after I did that, I went back and worked for a single operator again, um, and he was probably one of the most professional and, and best operators of a multi-store franchise. So, only one, two, three, or four more stores. And um, yeah, I, got, I kind of grew within the company and, and got myself promoted to an area manager with a few other perks as well. But I, I learned a lot from him, which I probably wouldn't have if I'd stayed in the franchise, um, like in the franchise head office. 
Um, so I think for me that, that was a good career move. I got to kind of see the best of both worlds. Yeah, so you moved from being in the franchise or head office out to a multi-unit franchisee. So you would have learned, yeah, learned correct, a lot of correct. different lessons from that. Uh, and you get to see the difference, the, the different ways they they operate as well. So a franchise predominantly wants you to do things their way to a, a set regiment so that they can have consistency. Whereas a, a multi or even a single store operator, you tend to do things a, a slightly bit different because they're more beneficial to you than they are to the franchise. What sort of things would this multi-unit owner do that were different from uh, the, the franchise book, I guess? Um, so a couple of them was, was not really compromising on uh, product quality. Um, so when you, when you start, when we originally started working at the franchise, um, you'd have products, for example, barbecue chicken, which we'd install, and there's a lot of quality control. And the end result was the chicken was really tasty and really good, and that's why customers kept coming back because they liked the taste. Um, but in the franchise head office, they're trying to get that same consistency to every other shop that they that they uh, you know have a part of, which could be hundreds. And to do that, as soon as you start outsourcing. Uh, products to a manufacturer, you compromise on quality. You compromise on quality because you're trying to drive the price point down. It's not going to taste the same and you start to lose customers in, in a way, not because you're doing something wrong but because you, you're compromising on the core ingredient why people came to you in the first place, which is you had a great product. Another example um, that I can give you is, is the dough. Um, when you're making pizza dough, there's a lot of variables in it, whether it's the temperature, uh, the wind. Like some of the shops that I've, I've worked in, we've had a front door and a back door. And the draft that goes through the shop can actually uh, alter the way that the dough forms. I know it sounds really strange, but you can have the most specified regimen and it will come out completely different in two different shops. So there's, there's, there's things that a franchise will do, like a franchise franchise head office will do to try and eliminate those problems and they generally compromise on quality to do it. Um, so f- for me, you know, getting to see a multi-store multi operator say say to a franchise, no, no, we're not going to do that because we it's going to affect our bottom line. We're going to make less money because you guys are, are compromising on quality. So that's the advantage of being a multi-unit operator. Stuart, have you got any advice for yourself at age 20? If you could look back now and give yourself some advice, um, yeah, I, I do. Um, I was I was pretty I was a pretty uh, pretty stupid twenty year old, I guess. Um, but I, there, there is a lot of there's a lot of things that I could tell myself to make my life better now. Um, one of them would be to take a lot more a lot more risks and chances. Um, you you always have time to to fix your mistakes, but opportunities don't always present themselves. Uh, multiple times or in, in different manifests. So, uh, yeah, definitely to to take a lot more risks and chances, um, and also research. Like looking into things before you before you actually go ahead and do them is, is a pretty important thing that I could. I've made I have made a lot of mistakes in my life, and uh, I think that if I had been a bit more vigilant about looking into things, I, you know, I might be in a better place now. I might not. You know, who can tell? Um, but yeah, also asking for help is a, is a key one for me because I tend to I tend to think that I'm I know how to do something and uh, not all the time I'm right. You know, there's always somebody who knows 
something that you don't. And I, I think it's a, a key point for me would be to actually listen to them and, and, and learn from the way that they've learned because they a bit more experienced or um, a bit more knowledgeable on the subject. Yeah, that's so cool. So the three things of advice would be take take some more chances, do a bit more research, and ask for some help with yeah. some more experience. And definitely people. ask for more help if you ever need it. It's not it's not a it's not a uh, um, a negative to ask people for help when you out of your depth. So what would your twenty year old self say about yourself now? Um, I, I'm I'm guessing they'd be proud of me. Um, definitely be definitely be proud of me. I've I have made mistakes, but I've learned from them. So. There's nothing in my there's nothing in my life that I'm, I'm ashamed of. You know, I've given everything. Uh, I've given everything the best that I can. Um, yeah, so they'd definitely be proud of me. Um, how I don't know if they would look up to me. That would be quite strange. Um, but I think they might take a different path as well. Like this, where where I've ended up is is not probably optimal. I guess. Why do you say that? I thought, in other words, I thought I'd be a lot further into my career than I currently am. What's the vision? Where do you want to be? Um, well, for me, for me, the end game um, is is to I want to take you know run down businesses and turn them around and and sell them over over the course of a year or two. So you, you buy a business that's performing well. Um, and you fix all the, the negatives, whether it be the food, the service, or, or the delivery. Um, fix them up and start just start turning a profit, and then sell them for a little bit more than you bought them for. That's that's my end game. Um, and if my my twenty year old self would think that that would happen in you know three or four years, but I'm almost thirty now, so yeah, so I'm, a, I'm I'm a bit I'm taking a bit longer than I should, I guess. It's no bad thing. Every everything you do is learning, mate. I'm gonna get you to come back and you, your very first podcast you ever listened to is going to be Franchise Connect episode with Darcy Taylor. Now, Darcy, that's exactly what he did. He took a rundown store. Uh, he's increased the sales. He's having a great time. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of challenges. Um, you, you can't really be emotionally attached to them as well. Um, it, it's especially with your first when you're buying your, your first business. It's a lot. It's a lot like having a little a child. You know, you take care of it, you grow it, you, you nourish it, and then you know a year later, you, you just basically wash your hands. You're like, all right, well, you know, there it goes. It's off, and um, you can't get emotionally attached to these to these things, even even with all the effort you put in. Set them free into the world and let them go. That's correct. <laughs> awesome. So, mate, uh, Stuart, to get out of the store to talk to me, to get away from the store from the day-to-day, you've delegated a lot of the day-to-day tasks to others. What's the one task that you've delegated that saved you the most time? The one task that I've delegated, um, it would probably be store managers. Um, they, they do a lot of work on a day-to-day basis. Um, and to to be to to yeah how am I going to put this? Um, I guess it would be a, a store manager. Um, they they do a lot of a lot of the actual in store work that frees you up. Uh, for example, if you if you're if you're running a business, having somebody there who can do the rosters, who can do um, cashing up, you know, who can look after the quality of your products, and just taking care of all the small things that cause headaches. Um, it does free you up a lot more to actually get out there and you know have a bit of time to yourself, or go out and look for for a new site if you're thinking about opening up another store. 
or just to catch up on a lot of the back-end paperwork as well. Um, so store managers are probably the, the best job to delegate to someone. Um, if, you, if you're still keen on, on actually physically running the store, then I would get an assistant manager or somebody to just help take a little bit of the pressure off you. Um, it's also good to have that person as, as a fallback um, in case something happens to you, whether it be a relative gets sick and you can't make it or you get sick and you can't turn up to work one day. You've got that person who can, you know, step in not as well, but they can still step in and take over and at the end of the day, it's your money. So if they're there and you're not, you can still, you know, make some money at the end of the day. Um, yeah, I, th- I think that's probably it. Either that or um, just segregating just segregating your business a little bit. You know, we if you delegate uh, certain people to certain sections of the shop, it takes a lot more responsibility off yourself as well. Um, and it gives you time to take a small step back and actually see how the whole thing performs as a machine instead of just you standing there and, and you know, giving people jobs like you do this, you do this, you do this. You, you've got one person that you can just run for each station. Um, so when it comes to delegating, you, you really need to do it. I think it's an important part of the business as well. Yeah, so you can step back and see the see the business running as a whole. So you can have the those management people that you trust and just watch them do their job. Yeah, and another thing that that does is also you can actually identify problems. If you're not physically getting stuck in doing work, um, you, you're more likely to spot issues that affect the business, whether it be the running of it or, or something else. You know, you, you don't have, you're not busy doing work. You can actually step back and say, okay, well, maybe if we did this better, you know, it, the whole thing would run a lot more smoothly. And that's what, that's what a lot of people don't understand. They think that if they're there doing the work, then everything's going to be perfect. But it's not because you're so focused on one task that you can't actually see the whole, the whole operation Step back and see the bigger picture. Yeah, so true. So, Stuart, what's one day-to-day task that you'd love to automate that you haven't been been able to yet, and why is that? Um, one that I'd definitely love to automate uh, stock rotation and stock levels and ordering. I think that's I think it's a it's a crucial part of a, a crucial part of your business. If you're selling somebody a product that is uh, not up to the highest quality, or even if it's gone off. You know, you can't always rely on on other people, uh, especially especially young staff members. If you're hiring 16 or 17 year olds, or even 18 year olds, you can't always expect them to to pick out a faulty product. Um, and one of the main reasons that things go off is because that you know you've had them for too long. You could have an ingredient that you don't really use that much, uh, but the one time you do use it, you end up losing a customer because it is off. Um, so I think stock levels and stock rotation, um, you've got to be pretty vigilant with them. And to, to automate that would be a massive, a massive help to any business, I guess. Yeah, that's what Kim Richwell said back in uh, an early episode of Franchisee Connect. She said, if the food's not good enough to feed my mum, don't feed it to my customers. Yeah, that's it. it it's all it is. It, you don't let your mistakes leave the kitchen. And that's, that's what it comes down to. And your biggest mistake is going to be sending someone off product. They can get sick um, and everyone knows that bad news or bad reputation will spread 10 times quicker than, than uh, you know, the best food that they've ever had. So you do need to be vigilant. You need to be very, very vigilant about it. 
that quote that you said there, don't let your mistakes leave the kitchen, it sounds like that's come from uh, somebody. Is that one that you've made up or one that you've, you've coined yourself or is that one that's come from somebody else? No, that, that's, that's come from someone else. Um, I've been using it for years. I've been using it for years. I think I, I can't remember where I saw it or heard it, uh, but it, it did stick with me. It did stick with me. Um, I think if memory serves, somebody wrote it on a clock in one of my workplaces or I've seen it somewhere on a clock, um, like a clock in the kitchen, you know, I'm talking, it tells the time. Um, they took the face off and they, they wrote it on there. So everyone naturally looks at the clock, you know, once or twice an hour and it's just there in big, bold letters. Oh, how's you know, that for a tip? Write your write your slogan on the uh, on the clock. On the clock. We've come to the end of part one of this interview. If you'd like to contact Stuart, get in touch with him on Facebook at sinclair at live.com.au. Or of course send him an email direct. Stay tuned for part two. Hey, thanks for joining us on the Franchise Connect podcast today. If you've got a suggestion for a guest who we should have on the show, that's somebody from retail who you admire and who could drop some knowledge bombs on you, let me know at franchiseconnect.com. Just visit the contact page to get in touch. Also, let me know if there's anything anything special you'd like me to ask the guests too. Remember to visit franchiseconnect.com for links to everything we chatted about today, as well as the action steps from every one of our podcast episodes that you can take right now to delegate, automate, and ultimately liberate yourselves from the business. Make coming to work a choice with franchiseconnect.com.